Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout Baton Rouge, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Mansour's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you've spent any time in Baton Rouge, chances are you've patronized a Benny's car wash outlet. The locally owned company has six locations around the area with a seventh under construction and is as well known for its quick oil changes and be quick convenience stores as for its automated car washes, which can be had for as little as $4. Benny's was actually a pioneer in the automated car wash business going back half a century and is today a dealer for car wash equipment around the country. Joining me today on Out to Lunch is Justin Alford, a member of the third generation of the Alford family, which owns Benny's. Justin's grandfather started the company more than 50 years ago. Justin, thanks for being with me today. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. And my next guest also knows a thing or two about cars. More than 30 years ago, Jeff Cobb left his job with an engineering firm to open a full-service Exxon gas station and auto repair shop on South Acadian Thruway. Today, the gas station is gone, but Jeff Cobb Auto Works is well-known as one of Baton Rouge's true experts in repairing high-end vehicles and particularly imports. Jeff did what a lot of us wish we could. He turned a hobby into a livelihood, and he's continued to have fun with it over the years, collecting cool cars, racing sports cars and motorcycles, and even putting on a car show here that attracted some world-famous car designers. Jeff, welcome. Thank you. Well, Justin, let's start with you. Your grandfather started this business, and today it's grown to locations all over the Capital Region. Tell us about it. Well, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a family-owned business, and we've been doing it for many years. And uh, we work together, and we 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 eat, sleep, and live car washing. So we, we enjoy being here. We're born and raised in Baton Rouge, and and couldn't think of being anywhere else. Like so, we don't know anything else. We don't have any hobbies. We just we love washing cars. <laughs> you don't have any hobbies. I don't believe that. <laughs> Not really. Don't we wash cars? That's our hobby. But you're you're company also does the quick lubes and and the be quick and those two factions of your business have really contributed a lot to the growth have they not they have and and we have car washes we have car washes with oil changes and we have car washes with oil changing and be quick with gas so it depends on the location it depends on how much room we have it depends on the site and um, our last one that we built in 2010 was in gonzales and that's just a car wash with detailing and our newest one that we're building in segan lane is just going to be a car wash with detailing but uh, we treat all our businesses independently. We, we try to do the best we can to run them all separately. And, and we just get up every day and try to make it work. Now, early on, y'all were some of the pioneers in the automated car wash business. We were. How in, did that happen? In 1946, really, the first automated car wash started in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I've been to it. It's, it's, on, it was, it's closed oh, now, cool. but it was on Fort Street <laughs> in Detroit, Michigan. And my grandfather was a traveling locksmith, and he was in Panama City, Florida. And a man from Detroit, Michigan, moved to Panama City, Florida and opened a car wash across from his lock shop. He became friends with the gentleman, and um, he said, wow, this is kind of cool. And in the interim, 
he he went up to Detroit and saw this automated car wash that was running and and started researching it. And, and in 1951, he built this first one. It was actually in Pensacola, Florida. Okay. And we owned that facility up until about five years ago. We sold it. We didn't run it. He had leased it to someone else. But he came to Baton Rouge in 1953. His brothers had moved here and started a lock shop here, and it's still in existence, offered safe and lock. And he wanted to be close to family. He said, well, let me go to Baton Rouge. And he said, one thing he knows about Baton Rouge is the cars were filthy here. They were dirty. At that time, it was all dirt roads and shell roads. In the so 50s? In the 50s. They, they weren't paved roads in Baton Rouge? There was paved roads, but there was a lot of country roads then. Okay, So he said sure. the cars were so dirty. He said, wow, this is going to be great. A lot of dirty cars. And he said it was actually more difficult than he thought because it was too hard to clean them. So, <laughs> but he found a way. So um, 1946, the first automated car wash equipment came about. It was called Minuteman Equipment. And um, he just kind of built from there. So he's one of the pioneers. And then they started an association, and he was one of the pioneers of the association. And my dad was president of the International Car Wars Association in 2000. So I guess we've seen a lot of ins and outs of the business and a lot of ins and outs of the industry. And hopefully we're around for a few more years to come. Well, I'm sure you will be. And I want to talk about some of those ins and outs in a minute. But Jeff, I want to turn to you for a minute. You're in a different phase of the car business. You see imports. You see high-end cars. You fix them. But how did you get started in this? Were you obviously something you loved as a young man, and you walked away from a job as an engineer to play with cars all day. That's one way of putting it, yes. <laughs> Is that an accurate way of putting it? Uh, playing with cars, it seemed, uh, in my head, but uh, the eight or ten hours a day is uh, pleasing the car, which will, in hope, please the customer. Yes, the customer doesn't always come first. It's the car. Thirty years ago, uh, Joe was driving a uh, 280Z Nissan. Then he got married, and he got a minivan. Then he got a, a bigger Suburban. And then from the Suburban, the kids moved out. So now he's driving a Mini Cooper. <laughs> so you need to follow the customer sometimes. So the customer picked up his car last night. It's been coming for 33 years. He was in a Volvo. Then he was in a Suburban. Then he was in a minivan. Now he's in a sports car. And they're all different countries being represented. So you, you want to keep the customer and allow their car to be your patient also, but still you have that friend of 30 years or 30, sure. Matt's term, uh, the customer last night, 33 years. And that's nice because you have no issue of respect. You have no issue of distrust. You just have one guy helping another person. Mm -hmm. And it works out real well. I trust them to pay me and they trust me to fix their car. Yeah, so nice, the customer service and loyalty is a big customer thing. situation, yes. What is the uh, coolest <clears throat> car you've ever worked on? Maybe a, uh, a very unique car, the Lamborghini Espada. Oh, wow. It's a very beautiful four-seater Lamborghini. Yeah, very okay. unique looking. Not it beautiful. was a Baton Rouge owner? Uh, <coughs> no, from Thousand Oaks, California. Okay. Yes. Let me, let me talk to you all both about doing business in, <coughs> your, in your respective realms, but I hear this from a lot of business owners, challenge of finding good labor. And I know you need repairmen and you need certainly people <coughs> to run your car wash outlets. Is it a problem in y'all's experience to find good labor here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I, I, it's, it's a huge challenge. And we uh, two people, we have two pe full-time people working on finding labor. Right now we're at LSU. We've been working a lot of the apartment complexes. We've been using every outsource we can. We offer tuition reimbursement. We have two full-time people looking for labor. Labor is, is a huge challenge. Is it because we're talking about manual labor here? People don't want to get their hands dirty? I mean... We know people need jobs <coughs> out there. Kids of the last 20 and 30 years, they're Xboxing. They're playing with video. They didn't grow up with the son of uh, a man who uh, uh, made uh, machinery to wash cars or grow up on a farm with tractors. 
So they don't have a concept of what's the difference between a windshield and a rear bumper. Hmm. Now they'll Google it, but they don't <laughs> have any hands-on. But the, so there aren't m- mechanics being born. Right. And they go, go to Votech, but they don't have an inherent, and you know, they don't have any instinct of curing or being a problem solver. And that's the biggest issue. How do y'all train them? Do y'all have train people <coughs> devoted to training, Justin? We, we do. We have we have formal classes. We have an orientation class that goes over the history and goes over our procedures and things like that. We have an, another class, like for our old change, we do. We have a separate building behind our car wash and airline. That's a training facility, and they spend time days at a time, and they're just working on test cars before we even put them out there to work on customer vehicles. So we spend a lot of time, a lot of money on training, and, and a lot what Jeff just said about the, it's a different age, and, and I look at my own kids, and, and we're big into scouts, and my son's an Eagle Scout, we've done a lot, and, and there's just the kid mentality nowadays, like I said, they pick up an Xbox or Google it, but you give them a screwdriver and a wrench, and tell, <laughs> ask them what a 916 socket is, and they look at you like, what's a socket? It, it's, it's a real disconnect. For, for the type of business that we're in, with a lot of hands-on and physical work, it's 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 a real disconnect for what we have out there. And you know, maybe we need to go back to some some yeah. teaching, welding, and auto shop in schools. And I don't think everybody's uh, should follow a path maybe of college. It maybe well, I I totally agree with that. And and we need to change thinking, <coughs> you know, about that. We do. We, we're working with the community college. Uh, for the automotive training, they're trying to build a facility. I was going to ask y'all about that. Yeah. And we, we've worked with them, and we, we, we bring some in to try to train. So we've done a, reached out to every outs, outsource there is. There's just a shortage of people that think about that. They're so ingrained, well, you have to go to college and, and be an accountant or whatever. But, you know, you can make a very good living being a welder in Louisiana, probably better than an accountant. You can make a, a great living washing cars. You can make a great living working on vehicles if you if you learn to, to do that. So I think we need to change a lot of our outlook. And, and, and there are efforts to do that as well. I know the sure. Louisiana Workforce Commission and a right. Workforce Education <clears throat> Initiative. But then y'all are competing against all the plants up and down the river as well for we these employees. Well, we're going to talk some more about this in a minute, but I want to introduce to y'all a special guest with us today, an entrepreneur with a couple of companies to his name, one of which you're probably familiar with if you drive around the streets. It's Giraffe Advertising. You've probably seen their bus benches. They're eye-catching, and they're everywhere around Baton Rouge now. The company's founder, Brooke Barnett, helped lead the charge last year to change the rules governing bus bench advertising here in the city. And he's here with us today. Thanks for being here, Brooke. Thank you for having so me. So while they're working on cars, you're helping people who maybe don't have cars and are sitting on the side of the road waiting for for buses. That is very correct. And, you know, there's a misconception a lot, especially here in Baton Rouge, uh, as opposed to the rest of the country, that the bus line or public transportation is made for someone who doesn't have a car. Um, a lot of times in Baton Rouge, that is the case. Uh, but throughout the country, um, the transit systems are so well placed that you can actually have a car and be better off riding public transportation. And that's what we saw. The There was a few things that were lacking in the city, and the main thing was seating and the seating for all the riders and the ridership of the bus line. So with that lacking, we came in and we uh, wanted to offer more seating. There was an existing company in place. They'd been in place for 30 years, but they had they'd established themselves and they stopped where they were at and we wanted to just come in and complete the system and by completing it we mean put more seating out and provide it yeah like all of a sudden there were like these little giraffes all over town absolutely and everybody said what's going on and that was our main focus was to provide seating the advertising was just the means to do so and that was to come at a later time 
okay. unfortunately that caused a bit of a public stir and everyone saw uh, bus benches and they automatically kind of drew back and said why are there bus benches why is there a bus bench in front of my business and unlike areas when i i lived in san diego for a period of time had businesses there after i i got out of the military the military traveled okay. me around quite a bit and you would actually have people that would compete to have the bus stop in front of their business because they wanted the ease of access and we actually have a different mentality here in baton rouge where it's considered a negative thing and that's throughout the years and some problems that our transit systems had but i think we're on the path to uh, recovery and, and going in the right direction jeff and justin and, and brooke you're sort of on the different side of it what do y'all think we should do about the traffic problems in this city here I think a great starting point being we're speaking of public transportation is mm-hmm. uh, the efficiency and effectiveness of our public transportation. In the last year, we've seen a, a new vote for a tax that act- actually separated the public transportation system from northern Baton Rouge, Zachary, uh, to where Baker voted in the tax, Baton Rouge voted in the tax, Zachary said no, so the bus stopped running to Zachary. Uh, so we can't solve anything in that sense, but um, they are putting things in place. There's uh, there's some efforts going forward with the public transportation for LSU games, for downtown yeah, shuttles. Yeah, Katz is trying to do a lot, I think, to try to, again, re-educate people to be riders of choice as opposed to riders of of necessity. Correct. And I think that would be a, that it's a mentality shift, though, I think we have to have to where a bus line is not if you can't afford a car. It's for the efficiency, effectiveness, reducing traffic, and the ease of use. Why take a car when you take a bus? Of course, we're all individuals, so and the car is a showcase sometimes, so people want to do that. But the bus is so smart, so simple. I've been to Europe, and I'm sure a few others have, been. It, it, it's it's a shame, and, and like I know some of our employees, like our car wash on Greenwood Springs Road, there's no bus line out there. The closest one is Cortana Mall. Really? And they say all the time, God, how do I get out here, some people? So I think it's going to be a combination of public transportation. I think our infrastructure, our roads, to be the only place where I-10 goes down to one lane in the entire country is just an it's embarrassment. Crazy. The bridge, every day there's a wreck on the bridge, and it is stopped. So mm-hmm. I, we need more bridges over the Mississippi. They're talking about adding one more. I would say we need two to three more. I think we need more roads. I think there's a lot of infrastructure that Louisiana has fallen behind. It's a shame. Do y'all see where the condition of our roads and and the chronic gridlock take a toll on an actual vehicle, on the owner's vehicles in terms of the the maintenance, the wear and tear, the condition they're in when they roll into your shops? They do. And I noticed that after Katrina, when uh, 10 years ago, when customers who who had been customers who had moved off to New Orleans and then were run out of New Orleans for coming back. And I was seeing husbands and wives and you know people that I hadn't seen in years. Mm-hmm. And their cars, be it a BMW or Mercedes, but would wear out at 130,000 on Mercedes, was wearing out at 50 mm-hmm. and 60. And we were trying to find a reason. Why? Well, it's because of the New Orleans roads. They're real straightforward. Interesting. Go down Esplanade or Canal, I mean, uh, uh, St. Charles. And that's what it was, was the wear and tear. In the last four mm-hmm. months, I've been to Detroit four times. I've been to New York City twice. And I just got back from California. Uh, the place I thought would have the worst roads have been Detroit. Best highways in the country. The best, really? without a doubt. And the best drivers. Maybe it's because they're all of a car culture. Maybe so. Your question a while ago is what's causing maybe gridlock. I think it's just basic education of how to drive a two-ton device <laughs> down the road. <laughs> I see it every morning when I go off the interstate or come up Stanford. All the Catholic high school kids in St. Joe's <laughs> all get in the left lane. 
So there's a traffic jam a mile and a half long and no one's in the right. They know they're going to turn left two miles ahead, but right. they got to follow and they all get in the left lane. It's amazing. <laughs> just get in the right lane and you know, instead of blocking <clears throat> everything up. We it's need just the, education. Yeah. The Jeff Cobb Driving School, maybe. That would be the next... Well, there's a driving school next to Ruth Angelwood, but that's only if you've been uh, hanging out at bars too long. Uh oh. Yes. All right. Well, y'all, we're going to take a little break right now and do what we call the checklist. This is a part of the show where we ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So, Justin, I'll start with you. Do you play a musical instrument? And if so, which one? I do. I'm, I'm a drummer or a percussionist, however you want to say it. I played four years in the Catholic High Band and four years in LSU Tiger Band. Very and, good. Um, I played in numerous bands around town and played in a lot of different clubs and places all the way. What kind of what genre? Rock? I, everything. Band? I, I, I enjoyed jazz. I was in the LSU Jazz Band as well and the Catholic High Jazz Band. I, I played everything from jazz to rock to country to just a little bit of everything. And, um... My do you still play? Not much. I, I play a little bit. I like to do the LSU Alumni Band. That's always fun to go march on the field and see Tiger Stadium again. And, and my son's a percussionist and a drummer, so I, every now and then I play with him. But not like I should, and I still have my drums, and I still say one day I'm going to start playing, so playing you again. You really but should. That's great. I love music. It's, it's, a great, it's, a great, it's a great thing for kids to, to do, and I enjoyed it. I agree. All right, Jeff, here's one for you. How do you recharge your batteries? <clears throat> Going to work every day is like going to war. The enemy is the problem of, that the car has. And part of that enemy is the customer not understanding or not having the money or not knowing how long they're out of their car. So you feel like you're at battle. And as long as you can calm both of them, the problem, the bill, of course, with the bill is the customer, you've won the war and you go home. So and ho work is stressful and home uh, must not be. But the and then every couple of months you run away and go to a car show. And so going going to car shows <laughs> on beautiful golf courses around the country is a wonderful way to get away and then see your friends or see yeah see your car friends because I'm a gearhead. Very good. And uh, see your car friends and have fun and do that on uh, beautiful places. Sounds nice. Yes, it is. Brooke, what about you? Do you have a favorite saying? Favorite saying, my favorite saying would have to be, uh, school is not cheap. <laughs> and uh, I think I relate that to uh, everyone I work with and uh, business partners, friends, and even uh, within my own family. And it's so important <laughs> to realize that even a college-educated person that goes to college, goes to graduate school. I myself completed um, my college education while I was active duty in the military at night while I was active duty overseas deployed. And that was probably the cheapest schooling I've ever attended. And of course I had military help, but sure. in my opinion, an entrepreneur or a business owner, the cheapest uh, school you can get is your college education because the school of life and the school of business <laughs> and the wrong turns and the mistakes and the bad choices and uh, the different things you learn along the way um, is is very expensive and not only monetarily but expensive as far as your time and your life and so it's real important that you realize uh, how important schooling is beyond the classroom. Well, that's interesting. That brings me to a question, sort of segs into something I wanted to ask all of y'all. Like, if there's one thing you could do differently in your career, if you had to do it over again, what would that be? <laughs> or what's, the, wow. what's that one lesson you learned from uh, that maybe was so hard to learn? The one lesson I learned, I would have uh, taken more time for myself 
when I was younger. As I said, I completed my degree while I was active duty in the military, so my entire time overseas and all the time that some of my um, peers got to experience, I was in class at night and doing everything and trying to cram everything ahead of time. And so that's one thing I really try to do with uh, my children, even though they're really young, is I really want them to experience childhood and experience you know, life as it goes, because I worked really hard to, uh, to make something for myself, and I could have taken a little more time to myself. What about you, Justin? I guess I guess for us, the hardest thing is to be able to let go of control of things and to let we have great folks and to just trust them more and just say, look, give them the ball, give them the tools, give them the confidence and let them run with something and do it as a family business. And, and we had we had a few locations back in 1991. We were down to one location. Now we have seven. But we did everything ourselves and to let other people there's some smart people out there, and if you just give them the confidence and the tools to do things and they make a wrong decision, hey, let's, let's correct it, let's talk about it and fix it and move on. But um, just really trust people more to, to give, them the, give them the gusto. To, That's probably to the hardest thing about any business, and especially a family business when sure. you all are all there. Oh, sure it is. What about you, Jeff? I wonder how many people who have their own business for decades are not control freaks. Right. Okay. It's very hard for control freaks to mix happy, hobby, and uh, money and workload together. So for many years, I was stressing out over work, and over the last couple of years, I realized, you know, I came in naked, I'm going out in the suit, so whatever way I look <laughs> at, I'm going to win. And what has the stressing done for me? Right. So let me uh, change some of that. And heck, I make as many mistakes as my guys do, and I let them run free. So mm-hmm. who owns the mistake? Maybe it doesn't matter. So the last couple of years I've traded um, letting it go on its own because after 33 years things happen in a, a nice way anyway and some of these guys have been with me 25 and 30 years, uh, 28 years at the most I mean. That's wonderful. And it's best to let go so then you can enjoy the day in and day out because there's probably 100 people in this restaurant and one may die within a week. Mm-hmm. So when is your time? So you, you get older, you realize that more, and you realize, yes, I did work too hard. What did I miss? Well, maybe if you would have goofed off, you wouldn't be where you are now. And so you find that balance, which is hard, and the balance by removing the uh, controlling, got to have it, got to be in my way, mm-hmm. nature. But that definitely is. I mean, that's got to be a key characteristic <clears throat> of a, any successful business owner or any entrepreneur, you know, the control freak impulse fighting it. Where do y'all want to see your businesses, your careers in five years? In five years, I would love to see. We are, uh, as Giraffe Advertising, we have bus benches, we have kiosks throughout town, we have billboards, and we have now moved into digital indoor media, which is actually uh, digital screens above ATM machines. Because really? you have a captive audience, you can run videos, you can run static ads, and it's a great uh, audience to where... Uh, if it's a high volume business, it gets seen. And it's a great way to compensate business owners also additional stream of revenue that might have ATMs in their business. So it's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. And so what we would love to see is just uh, that market expand because digital media is definitely where advertising is going. And I have a, a real strong passion being an entrepreneur for advertising because that's how I got into advertising is by being an entrepreneur with other businesses and seeing what advertising did for my business and see where so many others were missing it because advertising shouldn't be a cost. It should be something that actually gains Absolutely. you money in your business. It should, be, it should make you money. Are you all the only ones doing the ATM machines? Uh, in this market, yes. That's great. I yes. mean, this, that's huge. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Justin, where do you want to be? Well, we 
we, we just take things one project at a time. And right now we're working on our seventh location. And I could see us continue to expand in Baton Rouge, in the Baton Rouge area. It, it depends. You know, the, the world's changing so fast. Cars are changing. Um, are we going to be flying airplanes in, in five years instead of driving cars? I don't think so, but who knows? <laughs> So maybe I don't, cars will be driving themselves. Maybe they're driving themselves, and, and you talk about that, and, that, and that's actually a little bit of a concern. I've talked to some people about the self-driving cars and the technology. We've had to change the way we wash cars. Even uh, we used to drive every car on, dr let the customer go inside the lobby and come out the other side. We would drive it off and wipe it down. Well, now majority of our business people stay in their own car, and a lot of that's for we don't have a choice. We can't start the cars anymore. They're electronic. They have key fobs. They they jump from neutral to park and. And we talk about the Google driverless cars. A friend of mine who has a, the car wash business in Germany, a very successful one, said he worries if the uh, consumer will lose the love affair with their car. And I'm sure mm. Jeff can think about it as well. You know, right now there's a lot of enjoyment driving cars, but a new generation like my son's age, I noticed kids at 16 years old, 17, 18, don't even have their license yet. When I was 15, right. I got it we the day driving. I turned 15. <laughs> now he's got friends that say, well, I'll drive when I get to it. I hear some people are taking <clears> Uber and taxi cabs to proms and stuff. It's just, where is that love affair of wanting <laughs> to get behind the wheel to drive? And, and that goes a lot with our business and theirs as well. Um, that love affair of the car, keeping it clean, it's, it's theirs, they respect it, it's their second largest purchase. purchase. And you don't see that, and, and I wonder, I worry about losing that. So five years from now, I, I'm pretty sure we'll still be washing something. I hope <laughs> it's cars, and, and uh, we love Baton Rouge, and we tend to, as Baton Rouge expands and grows, and we, we hope to be here with them for well, the Baton future. Baton Rouge loves y'all. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Well, it's nice to be third. I can hear everybody. I've got comments <laughs> to come up with. But um, I'll be there for another five years, and two years ago I started building a larger shop. And that's what's hidden behind that wall. Okay. But in uh, the sidewalk that I put, that people will not walk down it because they don't understand a sidewalk. Talking about transportation, just a, I had to put a sign on my sidewalk. Please use this public sidewalk. People still walk in the street because Baton Rouge is so conditioned to having poor transportation by the state, city, and not having sidewalks. That's very true. I built a sidewalk which I had to give to the city, and people don't even use it. I had to put a sign there telling them to use it. <laughs> That's foolish. <laughs> all right. Yes. Well, y'all, I think that's all we have time for today. Justin Alford, Jeff Cobb, and Brooke Barnett, it's been great to visit with y'all and to hear about your companies. It's good to know so much of this is going on right here in Baton Rouge. Thank you all so much for taking the time to join me on Out to Lunch today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Justin Alford, co-owner and operations manager of Benny's Car Wash, Jeff Cobb, owner of Jeff Cobb Auto Works, and Brooke Barnett, owner of Giraffe Advertising. You can find out more about Benny's Car Wash, Jeff Cobb Auto Works, and Giraffe Advertising by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's serves lunch daily from 11 to 2, dinner nightly, and brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now, and you can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. 
You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout Baton Rouge, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum.